0: First of all, I want to thank Omar for explaining that Christmas isn't over yet. And that you are permitted to keep up your Christmas tree. My wife has always insisted on taking it down early. So our Christmas tree is now sitting in the driveway. So can we all have a moment of silence while she... We want to give her a chance to repent, okay? <laughs> okay, okay, we're done. After that, I'm gonna need a place to sleep tonight if you can volunteer home for me. Thank you, Julia, for reading that wonderful passage and reading it so well. So. Um, Let me pray very quickly for us. God, what a joy it is to enter into your presence and to know that because of your loving kindness, you always delight in having us come to you. You never turn your back on us. You're never tapping your foot. Um, You're never pushing us away but always drawing us near out of darkness and into your light we thank you for this morning when we get to study your word together please give us understanding in Jesus name we pray amen alright so some of you know by now that I love the Lord of the Rings trilogy I can act it out for you in 30 minutes the whole thing <laughs> but I'm not going to do that uh, I have read the trilogy twice. That's how much I love it. And the the film adaptation by Peter Jackson is brilliant. And in one of them, um, the the people uh, are being trapped by the orcs. Okay, the orcs represent evil and darkness, and they have to leave their homes. And they all find refuge in the old fortress called Helm's Deep. And that's where King Theoden is holed up with all his troops. And the orcs are just coming, coming, coming. And the elves have decided to join in the battle against the orcs. But the number of orcs and similar creatures is overwhelming. And eventually they begin to break through. The uh, protections and Theoden decides with his men that we're going to fight one glorious stand and we will die uh, with honor and Legolas the elf reminds them that the wizard Gandalf promised that on the third day a light would come in the east and that will be our salvation the orcs are breaking through the door, and all of a sudden there's this shaft of light at the last minute it seems from the east, and they all are just beginning to look from hopelessness to hope from fear to expectation of freedom and you and the camera goes outside and Helm's Deep is down in a valley and at the ridge of the valley all around the warriors have come the army has come and Gandalf is at the head they're the the riders of Rohan and they're standing there looking down at the orcs and the orcs look up and they are terrified at what they see and the riders of Rohan come down Uh, that slope and and the the orcs throw their spears away in fear, they run and and they're slaughtered. And the fear turns to celebration. The darkness has been pierced by this light and they are freed. It's a fantastic scene. So our scripture that Julia read is the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. And so the, the first issue that we deal with is the problem of darkness. In Strong's Concordance, the Hebrew word that is translated as darkness has both a literal meaning and a figurative meaning. The figurative meaning is darkness. But the figurative meaning is misery, destruction, death, ignorance, sorrow, wickedness, obscurity. And so it says, those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness. So it's not just dark, it's deep darkness. That same phrase in the Hebrew it's translated in, um, in the Bible, in the King James Version, 18 times as the shadow of death. So as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it's the same word, Hebrew phrase, that's translated deep darkness. And that darkness represents the sinful state of man. Let me read quickly just a little bit from John chapter 3 verses 19 through 21. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. But whosoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. So this is kind of who we are. Um, Our selfishness, our meanness, our vindictiveness, our self-righteousness, our pettiness, our greed. We don't just dwell in the land of deep darkness. The deep darkness dwells within us Uh, This fact is very obvious when we look out upon the world at others. Unfortunately, it's not so often as obvious uh, when we look in the mirror. Darkness also represents man's willful opposition to God. So first it's our sinfulness, but also our willful opposition to God. A, A perfect example is the Pharaoh of ancient Egypt, Um, where the Hebrews had been slaves for 400 years plus. He was supposedly the son of the god Ra, who is the sun god. And so he is the son of Ra. And Pharaoh represents, now he's a real person, but he also represents an unregenerate man, who imagines that he is God. Pharaoh is that willfulness and disobedience that opposes God, despite the fact that God's is powerful and God's undeniable revelation of himself now through Jesus Christ. Pharaoh prefers darkness to light, even in the face of the ninth plague. You may remember that there were 10 plagues over Egypt. The ninth one was darkness. It was a deep darkness. It was an impenetrable darkness. It was a darkness that prevented flints from being scratched to produce a spark. There was no phosphorus that could be lit. You tried nothing. It was a complete darkness. And this shows that Pharaoh, who is the God of the sun, Ra, was powerless in the face of the true God. The darkness that he represents could not overcome the light that is God. So in judgment, God brought 10 plagues upon him. The ninth was this palpable darkness And the ninth plague showed the utter powerlessness of Ra and Pharaoh and the might of God. The tenth plague and the last plague was the death of all firstborn males, human or animal. And it showed the power of God's judgment that even Pharaoh was not exempt. Now, in our rebellion against God, man says things like this. I don't believe in a God who would punish people. Or, I believe that God just wants me to be what? Happy. Or, there's no such thing as sin. People just make bad choices. Or, we should be free to do what we want to do. Without consequence. So Dana and I support some indigenous believers in Vietnam. We send them money faithfully every month. And uh, I won't give names. And the indigenous pastor ministers to the mountain people. And one of the men in the mountain tribes came to Christ with his wife. And when the communist leaders in the village found out that he came to Christ, they demanded that he renounce Christ and he declined to do so. He refused to do so. Whereupon they took his home, took his fields and his crops and threw him out of the village. So he now lives uh, in the city. This is darkness. The willful opposition to the reign of God in one's heart and in our communities. So that's the problem. The problem is our darkness. It dwells within us and it dwells around us. But the solution The solution is Christ. The cross is where God and humanity meet each other in the starkest terms. It is the ultimate reality of what we have become in our rebellion against God. The cross reveals who God is and what we have become. The cross exposes all our self will, our self delusion, our vanity, our pride, all our pretense at morality, and exposes us for the sinners we are. But Jesus brings with him the good news. It's not simply that Jesus brings the message, it is that Jesus is the message. The cross opens the veil of heaven, enabling us to see the wonder of God's love and his awesome holiness. That is why in Matthew's gospel, we are told that at the crucifixion, darkness descended on the earth. Let me read from Matthew 27, verse 45 and 46. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land. Now, the sixth hour they start counting from six o'clock in the morning. So the uh, by the now from the sixth hour it's noon until the ninth hour three o'clock in the afternoon. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried out with a loud voice, "Eli, Eli, that is, "My God, My God, where why have you forsaken me?" It is a darkness that descends on the land that is so deep that it obscures things, a darkness that makes it very difficult to see. And God in that darkness was executing upon Jesus the terrible punishment that you and I deserve. God never turns his back on us because he turned his back on Jesus on the cross. And that is why Jesus called out, why have you turned your back on me? And God might as well have been saying, "I turn my back on you because of Bill McCurran. He does not deserve to see my face. All he deserves is my back. The resurrection proves to us for all time that god 's love and justice destroy all sin for all time, that god 's love is inconquerable, that His holiness is incomparable and that he shall reign forever and ever. It is fascinating to me that Jesus's birth came at night. A star guided the wise men from the east. A star guided the shepherds to the manger. Divine light entered into our darkness. And listen to this first account But the angel said to the women, to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Light has conquered darkness. Life has conquered death. In first John one we read this this is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that god is light and in him is no darkness at all if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness we lie and we do not practice the truth god is inherently and innately light It is not that light exists apart from God and he gathers it all in his mighty hands. It is that there is no light but God. It is because of his divine nature that light exists. It is an expression of his very being. There is no light apart from God. There is only darkness. Light is something that God has as his being. He is light. It is the essence of his being and Jesus is the light of the world as light Jesus is the answer for all our darkness that is all our sin light does not accommodate darkness light abolishes darkness sin is darkness righteousness is light Jesus Christ is our righteousness so if the slides are with me I have prepared a chart. On one side is the characteristics, are the characteristics of darkness and on the other side are the characteristics of light. And I'm going to wave a magic wand <laughs> and that slide is going to appear at the count of three. wow, (laughs) I'm not going to wash these hands for a week. Darkness represents the nature of everything that is opposed to God. But light is the very nature of God. Hmm. Well, we're not exactly in sync, but at least we got the chart up. Right. Um darkness is being at war with God. Light is being at peace with God. Darkness is disobedience to God. Light is obedience to God. Darkness is rejecting faith and preferring to walk by sight. Light is walking by faith. Darkness is impurity. Light is purity. Darkness is immorality. Light is morality. Darkness is danger. When I was a trial lawyer, uh, I had a trial against uh, another lawyer from Fresno, and I I met him at the trial for the first time, and I really liked this guy. And uh, about a month after the trial was over, he took his nine-year-old daughter for a hike in the mountains and they camped out. They camped at night. And he decided to go for a walk while his daughter slept. And he fell off the mountain and died. Darkness is danger. Light is safety. How many times have you gotten up in the middle of the night, the light's out, and you stub your toe? If that's happened to you, raise your hand. I noticed that everybody over 40 raised their hand. (laughs) Um, Darkness is dread, but light is peace. Darkness is filth. Light is cleanliness. My wife will tell you I like technological gadgets, although I'm really poor at using them. But I found this gadget, and it cleans your toothbrush with ultraviolet light, and it's called Brill. Ooh, it's cool. Darkness is dirtying, but light is cleansing. Darkness is diseased. Light is freedom from germs. Darkness is confusion. But light is clarity. Darkness is ignorance. And there are two kinds of ignorance. One we just don't know and it can be cured. And the other is we don't want to know and that might not be cured. But light is understanding. Darkness is blindness, light is seeing. And then finally, dark is disquieting. But light is comforting. God's graciousness is exemplified in the light that is all around us because God is omnipresent. However, what is greater still is that the light is now within us not just around us from 1st Thessalonians chapter 5 but if you but you are not in darkness brothers for that day to surprise you like a thief for you are all children of light children of the day we are not of the night or of the darkness and in Ephesians 5 he says for at one time you were darkness but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true and try to discern what is pleasing uh, to the Lord. What greater contrast could there be than the God who says to the universe that he created, let there be light. And that when we... My new watch, just want to show you. (laughs) You all got a good view? It's my Christmas watch. Um, I want to conclude with uh, two quick stories. C.S. Lewis wrote a a book called uh, The Tales of the Kingdom. And it tells of a king who has been exiled from the city, which is now ruled by an evil enchanter who makes night, day, and day, night. Uh, The king and his people live in a forest called the Great Park. But he is coming back to reclaim the city for his own, to hunt out all the dark places, to bring light, to bring restoration. The rangers of the king who live in the forest and who await the arriving of the kingdom, have, when they stand watch from tower to tower, they shout a very specific call and response, which echoes from tower to tower throughout the forest. And it goes like this. How goes the world? The world goes not well is the response. But the kingdom comes is the call. And the response, the kingdom comes. And they do that all night. In 1939, Britain's King uh, George VI gave his annual Christmas broadcast to a nation facing the uncertainty of war he quoted from a poem written by Minnie Louise Haskins. The poem goes like this. And I said to the man who stood at the gate, give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And the man replied, go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God that shall be to you better than light and safer than a known way. So I went forth and finding the hand of God trod gladly into the night and he led me toward the hills and the breaking of day in the lone east. So I want to talk to that person or those persons, and you right now are in a dark place. Maybe it's a family situation. Maybe it's a, a work situation. Maybe it's just uncertainty about the future. What's going to happen? Will I be healed? Will that person come into my life? I don't know what it is, but you know who you are. There is that dark spot. And the fear is that we see it in the distance and sometimes a spot seems to be growing like a, an ink blot on a piece of paper or a piece of fabric. And we have no idea what to do. And, but we do know instinctively in our hearts that that darkness is greater than we are. That we in our own strength are not going to be able to overcome that darkness. To that person, Put your hand in the hand of the God who is light. He is our light. And so the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. That's the past tense. They had walked in darkness, but now they see a great light and they move toward the light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them, a light has shone. Here's a beautiful, they didn't create the light. The light shone on them. The light came to them, and that is exactly what Jesus Christ did to us. He came to us as a child in a manger, in dark so that his light will fill our lives and all around us let's pray